Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association will talk about the group's election priorities. And up first in today's country comments, we'll have tips for harvesting thin, low-yielding canola. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Sean Sanko with the Canola Council of Canada with some tips on harvesting low-yielding thin canola. I guess first is just deciding, um, you know, looking if you're going to straight cut or, or swath the crop. Um, if you've decided to go swathing, just making sure you take a good look at it. Um, because of the drought and soil variability, it can be fairly variable across it. So, you know, we still want to make sure we're not swathing too early and, and getting the, the most yield we can, which is, um, you know, waiting to let uh, at least 60, 70% seed color change. Any other considerations, I guess, as far as, um, I guess, just maybe speed or, or just how they're ringing it off the field? Or Yeah, no, um, you know, it's, it's different harvesting a, a thin crop than a um, than our average crops. You normally... A, um, the concern is going too fast, overloading the combines, and, and you know, we're seeing losses. But um, in these thinner crops, uh, it might actually be the opposite, just trying to keep the combine to capacity. Um, they're meant to, to be fairly full um, just to get the, the proper threshing action and um, and run properly. So, um, you know, this year is going to be trying to do what you can to, to make sure you're getting enough into the combine to, to have it running properly. So making sure you know, things like your guards or knives are in good shape, if you're straight cutting, um, you know, uh, pick up uh, reels at the right speed. Uh, don't be too aggressive with it. Um, you know, same thing with swathing. Um, you know, try to lay a, a good swath and make sure you pick up some good shape so you can you can keep some good ground speed up just to, to keep the combine operating properly. What about uh, concave spacing? Yeah, that's another one. Um, you know, normally canola we don't need. Um, uh, we can keep it fairly wide. Um, canola. For the most part, thresh is fairly easy. Um, you know, some of the newer um, pod shatter varieties can be a little tougher. So um, if it's thin and you're not filling it, um, you may need to do things like um, tighten the concave up or, um, you know, speed the cylinder up a little bit. Uh, if it's really dry out, though, you, you need to be watching for cracking to make sure you're not increasing that. But um, just to get that threshing action, making sure that's um, there. And checking for losses just because the combine will function differently than it does most years. So those settings are used every other year. Um, wind speed, sieve settings might not be the same on a year like this. Talk a bit about uh, fan speed and, and some considerations there. Yeah, um, you know, just um, really checking those losses um, and, and adjusting that fan speed uh, accordingly. Um, in a drought, you know, we tend to have some some smaller size seed. Um, so, and uh, as well, the, just the amount of chaff on the, the sieve is going to be different. So the amount of fan speed needs will be different. So just making sure you're keeping all that seed in the combine by adjusting that fan speed properly. You know, looking ahead to next year, um, is there some consideration as far as um, having more more stubble uh, left on the field? Yeah, and uh, it's a fine line that you're like, trying to, you know, it, it, it's a short crop, but, um, you know, try to cut it as, as tall as you can for two reasons. If you're, if you're swathing, um, you know, it's a good anchor for that swath, but also, you know, the more stubble we have, the more um, snow catch we'll hopefully get this winter and, and have a bit more for next year's crop. That was Sean Sanko with the Canola Council of Canada. 
A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture is calling on the federal parties to prioritize agriculture in their election platforms. Here's CFA President Mary Robinson. The Federation of Agriculture is just calling on government to create a national direct payment program to compensate producers for environmentally beneficial practices. So that's a direct payment program. Uh, we're hoping they will develop a strategy to address geopolitical barriers to trade and also competitors' trade supports because we know that that's an issue for us, particularly when you when you look south. And grasshopper levels are moving around a lot right now. John Gavlosky is an entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. So levels are still fairly high. Uh, usually it's into September before we really start seeing the, the noticeable drops. So for another week or two, you'll probably still be seeing some fairly high levels. So some of the crops that they would have been in earlier have probably uh, dried to the point where they're not as appealing which gets them moving. Also, if people are cutting ditches and things, that gets them moving. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire from Monday, August 23rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Glendalee Allen Vossler caught up with Bob Lowe, the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, to talk about the upcoming federal election. From the CCA's point of view now, going into a federal election, what are some key issues that you want to see addressed? All the different parties have this. We put one together at every election, but I'll just kind of go through our our top six and in no particular order. Um. First of all, we need a, a, a climate policy that contains nature-based solutions, is how they've worded it. And what, what that basically means is we need the government to recognize that the beef sector is a key part of, of finding a solution for climate change and maintaining biodiversity. And we need to elevate the ability for farmers and ranchers to participate in and benefit from investments in natural climate solutions and for the, for the government to push back against misguided climate policies. That, that's kind of that one in a nutshell. Um, of course, when we export 50% of our production, trade and market access are fairly huge. So I increase the capacity and efficiency of the beef trade potential and continue to grow and improve access in key markets. Um, Part of that is removing the, the BSE era limits so that we can regain this market access. As you know, we've received minimal risk status. So now we have a negligible risk status. So now we, we need to just go to all of our trading partners and explain this to them and why this can't be used as an excuse not to accept our product anymore. Um, we need to enhance the economic resiliency and competitiveness of the beef industry. A big one in that is the shortage of chronic labor shortages. We'd like to see that solved. As long as I've been in cow politics, that's, this has been a big one. Then we need investment in research and innovation. Um, I just put that under continuous improvement. Without with without investment in research, you can't you can't keep improving. That's what got us to where we are, and and that's what will get us to the future. 
We need to be able to respond and address animal health issues as they come down and stable funding for that. And part of that would be we need a, a TB bank, a vaccine, or foot and mouth vaccine bank. Sorry, not TB, foot and mouth. And from more, I guess, more uh, stronger surveillance on for national animal health issues. And then I think COVID showed this one really good. We've got to got we've got to invest more in broadband internet access. And along with that, uh, mental health programming and in infrastructure and services that make rural Canada an attractive place to live and work. And that's part of the, that goes into part of the labor. The one thing I really like about this paper is we're always trying to get agriculture put a little bit, give them more of a priority. It seems that that people just kind of forget where their foods comes from. So what we're going to do, we're working with other national ag associations, I'm just going to read you this verbatim, to bring agriculture to the forefront in a positive, united way. We've identified various themes, and each Tuesday we'll be posting on social media following the same themes with hashtag vote for ag. Um, August 17th will be theme one, environmental stewardship. August 24th, theme two, food sovereignty. August 31st, theme three, economic resiliency. Uh, September 7th, theme four, climate change. September 14th, theme five, innovation and research. And September 17th, and that'll be just the wrap up and sum up points. Um, and this, this is not just CCA. This is basically all of the national ag associations. And we're doing this to try and get, try and get the politicians, the, the people that are running for office to actually recognize agriculture and talk about agriculture. Last election, I heard twice. That's just, that's just not, not satisfactory. Key comments you would like to leave with people today? We're going through the, the worst natural disaster that probably we've ever faced as a country. It's hitting, hitting producers really hard, emotionally and and uh, financially, but the emotional part we keep missing. So we've got to pay attention to that. And having said that, we've got to keep in mind that the future for this industry is brighter than I've ever seen it once we get through this. So, you know, Bear in mind that, that we have a very, very bright future. We've just got to stay the course till we get there. I've been talking with Bob Lowe, the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. We've been talking about some of the key issues relating to agriculture that they want to see addressed in this federal election. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef Producers is hosting a webinar on mental health tomorrow starting at 7 p.m. This will be done via Zoom. You can register on the Manitoba Beef Producers website. 
and the Canadian Beef Industry Conference has been rescheduled and moved to an online format for August 31st to September 2nd. Details at CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon. Harvest will be on hold for the next few days after some rain over the weekend. Reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Rick Tilbury, who farms in the Melita area. Well, I think anywhere from three to four inches from most of the gauges that I hear from the guys. Our gauge was around that four inches on some of the ground. And the way things were, uh, despite the delay for harvesting, probably uh, that, that a good rain or your thoughts on the rain? Oh, yeah, it's a good rain for sure. I mean, it would have been nice to have been able to finish up another week and have most of the cereals in the bin, but where we're so dry here that you're almost nervous when you're out in the field with a combine to start with on a windy day. And then uh, we, we didn't want to be going into the fall bone dry. So this is a good rain for sure. Where is your harvest at at this point? Uh, we're over a third done, I guess. We're, we got about five days of cereals left on our own farm here, and then we'll be into canola and soybeans as well. We'll have left after that. So it's, I think most guys in this area are you know, half to two-thirds done their cereals. Besides the timing delay, does this moisture uh, impact the harvest or, or what or how you'll be taking things off? I would presume that uh, it's going to take a grade out of, you know, the color is going to be on on a lot of this grain, but maybe a pound or two on a bushel weight. But uh, the way the feed market is this year, feed grain is almost as expensive or as worth as much as milling grain, so I don't think it's going to be a terrible for us, no. And that 30-year harvest that you've completed, how how was it coming off? Uh, the yields were about what we expected, you know, half of last year, I would say, but quality was good to start with, so we've got some good grain in the bins now, and, uh, you know, yield is not as good as we'd hoped to, but considering the summer, better than we thought. And moving forward, what are you hoping to see in the forecast? Uh, some sunshine. I see it looks like showers again tonight in our area through the night, but this whole week doesn't look very good for harvest, but next week again looks like quite a bit of sunshine, so we'll we'll get back at her as quick as we can. We'll probably have to start turning more fans on in the bins and doing a little bit tougher if we have to. Think you'll be back in the field by the weekend, or is that going to be too too quick? Well, I see a pretty good chance of some really good rain on Thursday and Friday again, so I doubt if we will if we can sneak a day in, you know, maybe Wednesday or something or Thursday, but I think the weekend looks rainy for us on the forecast. That was Melita area farmer Rick Tilbury chatting with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agriculture says flea beetle levels are high in some canola fields, resulting in some insecticide applications. Here's entomologist John Gavlosky. Canola can handle a, a fairly heavy flea beetle pressure late in the season, so we don't want people to panic and overreact to seeing flea beetles in their canola late in the season. There's always some there. Realistically, you need literally hundreds per plant for it to really be a, an economic situation. And the Canadian Federation of Agriculture is calling on the federal parties to prioritize agriculture in their election platforms. CFA President Mary Robinson says part of leveraging agriculture's environmental benefits is helping relieve the burden farmers face from climate change and working together to capitalize on agriculture's potential for carbon sequestration and climate change mitigation. Establishing that carbon pricing exemption for necessary climate change mitigation activities. So if there's something you've got to do in response to all of the 
the repercussions of climate change, you shouldn't have be having to pay a carbon tax on, for example, if you have to put irrigation in, that that should uh, not face a carbon tax. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have a cattle market update from Brian Peria with Canfax. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.